Hello. Welcome to the Stockout. The Stockout is a freight wave show about CPG, CPG companies, uh, their supply chains, um, and CPG companies' supply chains. So CPG companies are consumer packaged goods, which is the focus of this show at uh, Freight Waves, uh, one of many that we do. And uh, it's Friday. I'm glad that it is. It's been uh, quite a week. It's been a week with a lot of uh, stock market volatility uh, set off on uh, Wednesday, the big you know stock market decline on Wednesday. Um, it was uh, caused by the latest inflation numbers that took uh, the market uh, you know, by surprise. I think the main question and uh, sort of line of discussion this week was, you know, how are, is that um, inflation uh, you know, data, you know, more inflationary economy, how is that going to impact the freight uh, transportation market? So I'm going to give some thoughts on that today and also talk about some of the latest data in um, the world of uh, tr spot rates, you know, trucking spot rates, you know, some of the truckstop.com spot rate data spiked up this week. Uh, and I'm going to explain uh, why that is and why I think, you know, at least that particular, um, you know, issue, um, you know, maybe a little bit temporary, still going to be at a high level, but it's, it's it was a little bit of, a, I think, a temporary spike this week. And then I'll, I'll discuss some of the, the latest uh, CPG news uh, from around the, the industry. Um, you know, very uh, interesting that, uh, Tyson uh, sold off its pet food business to uh, General Mills. Uh, seems to be one of the hottest uh, sectors within uh, consumer goods right now is, is pet food. So I'll talk a little bit about that and a couple other uh, things uh, specific to some of these uh, you know, big CPG companies. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsor, Echo Global Logistics. Trust the experts at Echo Global Logistics for all your freight transportation and CPG shipping needs. Whether you are a Fortune 100 CPG company or a specialty food manufacturer, Echo has solutions to fit your needs. With their dedicated team, as well as Echo Ship, a self-service shipping portal allowing you to quote, book, ship, and track, Echo has you covered. Technology at your fingertips and ex experts by your side, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. To find out how Echo can simplify your transportation management, please visit www.echo.com forward slash CPG today. So thanks as always to Echo, uh, the big uh, logistics company in uh, downtown Chicago for sponsoring this uh, podcast. And with that, I'll get into the topic of the week. And I think it's sort of the, the topic that I've been you know, talking about every week, um, you know, inflation, this seems like it's almost a show about inflation rather than CPG companies. But I think those two things are, are sort of joined at the hip. You know, this week and what happened this week is uh, inflation sort of, uh, you know, became elevated, I think, in the minds of uh, most people, um, you know, with this latest, you know, CPI uh, um, data. So CPI, if you're not familiar you know, from you think back to um, you know, Economics 101, it's, it's the basket of goods that the supposed you know, typical consumer buys at the store. Um, and so those prices on the typical you know, basket of goods rose 4.2 percent in April from a year earlier. So that's a lot higher than what the you know, you know, governments seem to target. They seem to target about 2 percent. Um, and that's uh, a rise sharply from what uh, that, that reading was in March, which was 2.6 percent. So in, in, in March, we saw prices rise 2.6 percent from a year earlier in April, rising 4.2 percent. So I think the, the market was expecting a rise from that 2.6. I think 4.2 was uh, a, a bridge too far. And this had, had been a you know, something that was starting to get more on the, on the top of minds of uh, in, investors and people in a number of different, you know, industries. I know, you know, from following the, the CPG industries, you know, specifically, lots of the analyst questions 
the last couple of quarters have been on, you know, how are you going to mitigate this, this, these rising, you know, input costs. And I think, you know, CPG companies are sort of uniquely exposed to inflation because you look at some of the most inflationary items within the economy. A lot of it is food products, you know, things like corn, which the corn futures are up about, uh, you know, about double where they were a year ago. And, and also a lot of inflation for other types of, of, of food products. That's just one example. You know, packaging is rising. Transportation costs are rising, uh, of, of course. So on a, on a month to month basis, um, you know, some of these the seasonally adjusted uh, you know, prices rose, you know, zero, zero point eight percent. So a lot of just, uh, you know, increases in prices just on a sequential basis as well. Um, and it was this uh, 4.2% that rise in April was the most in, of any 12-month period since 2008. So um, it has been a while. And 2008 was such, a, such an odd year with, uh, you, know, you know, strong, you know, fairly strong economy in the first half of the year, freight recession that was before it, followed by the, the big drop-off at the end of the year. Um, sort of another way to look at it here, uh, and, and maybe if you wanted to take, you know, not such a dire uh, stance, would be that you know CPI was higher by 2.2 percent versus 2019, so we're a little bit higher uh, relative to pre-pandemic levels. But if the government sort of targets two percent, well, then you should it should it really be four percent higher than what it was two years ago? You know, I would say you know maybe not, but we know we we don't know how quickly it's 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 it's, it's rising. And then they also have this core uh, price index, which excludes food food and energy energy that increased 2.4 percent from a year ago. So that's still sort of above that target of two percent inflation. I would argue that the core price index is much less relevant now, um, if it ever was relevant, uh, because uh, so much of because it excludes you know food and, and food is, is some of the most inflationary you know, items you know in the economy you know right now as as, as well as energy. So I, I don't think there's really you know too good of a reason to exclude those 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 two things. Um, but you know what you know since we you know follow freight so closely and so many of our customers um, you know are you know involved in either you know carrying freight you know shipping freight you know brokering freight you know most everyone you know or, or trading you know freight stocks they're, they're all sort of involved in one of those things or freight consultants they're all involved in the freight industry in some way and so the the question that we've gotten sort of up and down the past week is um, you know how is uh, inflation uh, going to impact the, the freight transportation markets well I, you know I have some thoughts on that um, you know I think a little bit of it is on a case-by-case -case basis I mean my um, sort of background in, in finance I spent a lot of time following the railroads and uh, companies that manufacture railroad equipment. And uh, the railroads move a lot of uh, bulk commodities, a lot of things like, you know, corn, soybeans, lumber, you know, those type of type of things. And those for those big bulk commodities, those tend to ship in greater volumes when it's a highly inflationary environment, which which, you know, makes sense. I mean, the, the commodity sort of by definition is, is all those products are the same. There's a, a uniform price for them. You want to sell those uh, commodities at a high, when, you know, when they're priced at a high level, and uh, you know, if, if you see the price spike, well, that's not much reason to, to hold on to it any longer. And so, um, you know, you are seeing, you know, companies that carry grain, like a lot of the Canadian grain uh, or the Canadian railroads in particular, uh, you know, are hauling a lot of of grain, you know, for exports. And so, this this chart that you're seeing now is the U.S. Class One railroad carload volume. This does not include any intermodal units, and it's broken down into the 20 categories reported by the AAR. And you see right in the middle there, grain up three and a half percent. This is month over month. So this is a, is a fairly you know near term you know look at these things. You see grain up. You see chemicals up. You see 
in the lower, so lower right, lumber and wood products up 9.2%. So a lot of these bulk commodities that I would call either natural resources like grain or lumber or things that, you know, the company can increase the production volume like chemicals. There's, you know, all these big chemical plants in Louisiana and Texas along the Gulf Coast that those are likely to move in, in, in greater volumes to the extent that they can can, can increase the, 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 the production and, and get those products to market. They do have to you know, ship them um, on a railroad or truck to, to get them to market. Uh, conversely, you see in the middle there, motor vehicles, parts, and car loads down 6.3%. So you know, the prices of, of motor vehicles way up also, also an inflationary part of the economy. Basically, everything is inflationary, but that that's down because of the um, you know with the higher prices. And you know, I think the difference there is the the vehicles that move on uh, the railroads. You know, primarily finished uh, vehicles. There there are some parts, but it's primarily finished vehicles, and uh, those have been produced in lower volumes because of the semiconductor shortage. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's some, you know, reports of companies building the, the cars without those components, but for the most part, it's, it does sort of, you know, shut down some of the production lines, even, you know, Ford shutting down F-150 production lines is sort of the last thing they'd like to do that are high margin uh, vehicles. Um, so you, you do sort of see this um, dichotomy on the, the, the uh, on certain areas of the economy, you know, it, so the question really gets to, okay, we see prices rise if I'm a shipper. Or you know, some carriers ask me, you know, are my customers going to ship more in this inflationary environment? And and sort of what I tell them is, well, you know, think about sort of where the constraints are and and the reason those prices are are, are rising. And if it's something like there's some you know component that you know that that they don't have, and therefore they those things can't be produced, and that's why they're more scarce, and that's why the prices are rise. Well, then they're going to ship less of them. That sort of describes motor vehicles. Uh, if it's something where there's enough uh, in inventory um, and it's the prices are, are are rising now, it's just a good time to sell them, and it's more of a commodity type product. Those are going to move in higher volume. So I think there's there's some you know some so, some differences you know there. You know, is this a sort of a signal of just not being a lot of supply, or is just the demand you know extremely high? Um, and, and so it does, it is a little bit on a case to a case basis. Um, you know, I've also heard this week, you know, some people who, who aren't so concerned about inflation and sort of the counter argument uh, to inflation, I think, are, are, are two things. Um, that the inflation is, is transitory, that it's just going to be you know, temporary and it's going to go away and then you know, prices are going to be you know, 2% a year and we can handle that. Or the other one is, well, the economy in the first quarter grew at a 6.4% rate. And so sort of who cares that uh, uh, consumer prices are going up 4.2% because the economy is growing 6% and uh, you know, all things are, all things are good. And that's sort of the price you pay for, um, you know, booming economy, you know, strong employment, um, et cetera, et cetera. Do have a couple of thoughts on, on, on each of those things. I think with the strong economic growth, it makes this even more of a K-shaped recovery. Um, and, you think about who's going to lose ground to inflation. It's really going to be the people that are on a fixed income, who are maybe older um, and have less control over, uh, you know, going out and getting themselves a raise. I mean, I think the people that you know have in-demand skills are going to be just fine. I mean, I think they're, they're, they'll maybe you know make progress because I mean, one of the tightest uh, things you know is, is the, the 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 labor market, which you know there's tightness in the labor market. I think for 
all types of labor. And I can you know, talk about um, you know, some of the ones specifically in CPG here in, in, in a minute. But if you can go out and get yourself a raise, um, then I don't think you have to worry too much about paying you know, 10% more for your consumer, uh, you know, personal care products, or maybe 20% more for your groceries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it does sort of make this sort of a K-shaped, uh, you know, recovery. And then the thought about this being, you know, transitory, I think gets to, you know, uh, products on a case-by-case basis as well. Um, you know, when you think about autos and new car prices being high, and now the average used car price is $25,000 for the average used car, which, you know, that used to be the price of a new car uh, not too long ago. Um, you know, with, with that, you know, you'd think that, you know, so used, you know, new and used car prices would come down, you know, when semiconductor shortage eventually, you know, lifts. So, you know, I wouldn't be too opposed to saying, well, specifically in that industry, the inflation you know, is transitory. I do have more of a problem um, with calling it transitory when it is something like uh, prices rising because uh, the price of, of, of labor is, is rising. Companies have to pay more in order to have people work at you know things like uh, the, the Tyson you know, chicken plant, which you know they're having a huge amount of, of, of issues because on the labor side, um, you know I think it's more of a genera- generational issue just with the, the aging of the population um, and, and having fewer having fewer workers, um, and then just with lots of, uh, you know, dollars chasing these, you know, these, these goods, you know, so, so I think some of those, um, you know, things where there's not tied to a specific, you know, com- you know, component, you know, shortage, um, you know, I do think the, the, the inflation could be, uh, you know, longer term in nature and, and really create, you know, problems for, you know, lower income people. So, so how this uh, relates to, you know, CPG companies is, um, you know, CPG companies are already going through sort of this upheaval with, you know, last year, uh, you know, some CPG products were way up, others were way down, depending on whether they catered to, you know, eating at home, like General Mills cereal, or, you know, being out and about like, you know, Cliff Bars. Um, and, uh, you know, you sort of think about how this, this, this you know, works in the context of, of inflation. You know, I think it's a lot of just going to be sort of the haves and have-nots of, of consumption where, you know, the more, you know, affluent consumers, the things that target more affluent consumers, things like uh, pet food that needs to be kept in the refrigerator because it's uh, a fresh product that's, you know, fresher than what, what most most people, you know, eat. You know, those things are going to do fine, I think. Um, the, the things that I think, you know, are going to struggle are some of these, uh, you know, brands that cater to sort of a wider audience and things that aren't, um, you know, as, as uh, non-discretionary um, because you think of, you know, inflation for the sort of the average, you know, person, it just means their, their dollars are not going to go as far and they're going to have to cut back on something because they don't have a lot of control over, uh, you know, how much they drive every day or how, you know, how much they eat every day or their use of their personal care products, but they're going to cut back in other areas. And so they'll cut back on things like, you know, snacks or candy, or, you know, maybe they, they trade down uh, in, in, in some areas as well, which I think brings t- us to another topic in, in CPG. In the last year, there's been a lot of growth in the national brands. Uh, and, and in the last year, with you know, people not spending as much money on travel, a lot of people traded up in, in terms of they, they bought more expensive versions of, you know, products instead of buying the sort of the, the generic, you know, store brand. They they bought the the higher end you know product. We saw that in, in, in pretty much everything, including uh, you know, people buying more expensive bottles of of, of alcohol 
um, you know, those 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 brands did did did, did really well. So I, I do think it's going to be. Uh, it sort of throws another wrench in, um, you know, what demand is going to do in addition to the CPG companies uh, sort of struggles to offset that inflation with, um, you know, with with price increases or efficiency, you know, increases. Of course, some the CPG companies have, have announced, you know, significant price increases uh, while others are holding back a little bit. Some say they're hedged and, and don't have to do that right now, but those things are are coming. But um, you know, that CPI, um, you know, keep in mind that 4.2% growth in consumer products, a lot of that's, that's really based on what the products of things were in uh, April. And a lot of, you know, what we know from following uh, CPG companies and what I've been talking about on, on the stock out is a lot of those price increases have not taken place. Uh, you know, things like, you know, think Procter & Gamble, you know, one of the you know, very biggest uh, CPG companies, they said that they're going to raise prices on a lot of personal care products you know, a, close to 10%, you know, high single digits uh, starting in September. Well, that data, you know, would not be included in, in, in CPI, but, but will be later on. So uh, I think uh, we're going to, you know, be in for, you know, high inflation um, in, in, in the monthly data for the next, uh, you know, few months, including in, uh, you know, freight rates, which what makes freight uh, rates different um, than a lot of other inputs uh, that the CPG companies have to deal with is that they are not able to, you know, hedge uh, freight costs, um, you know, really at all. We, the way you can hedge, you know, things like corn, if you're exposed to corn, you know, you can buy futures or, you know, fuel, you can you know, hedge that away. You know, hard to do that with, uh, you know, truck movements. Um, you know, freight waves tried to do that at, at its, you know, in, in, inception, and it was, it was a good idea. Um, but it's something that companies are exposed to and, and something that, you know, we follow very closely, and I think something that brought a lot of panic in this past week because the truckstop.com spot rates uh, came out, you know, this week. You know, there they are. In blue, we have dry van, and in purple, or, you know, magenta, whatever that is, uh, we have uh, reefer, refrigerated temperature-controlled uh, rates, and the, the reefer rates were up about 10%. From one week to the next, and the drive-in rates are up about five percent one week to the next. So now those are sitting way up at three seventy-six for reefer, including fuel surcharges and accessorials, which is a very high rate. Um, you know, you can look at back at it about a year ago, and that was less than two bucks. And then drive-in rate uh, three dollars and twenty-three cents a mile, including fuel. And that compares to about a dollar sixty a year ago. Now a year ago is a weak time, um, but but that's really uh, I think caused some you know, concern you know this past week um, because those those jumped up so quickly and and uh, so significantly. Um, now I would say that you know I'm not expecting those to fall back to let's say year ago levels anytime soon. But I think this latest spike that you see right there in the, at the at the right side. If the five and ten percent you know, jump respectively for 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 driving and reefer, I think that's going to be a little temporary, and I think the the reason uh, you know for that is that a lot of that that latest increase was due to the the roadside uh, you know check you know inspection week you know international road check week where uh, between May fourth and May sixth the carriers knew about this um, that there was going to be you know, ramped up in enforcement of road violations and a 72, 72 hour safety blitz as it was described on FreightWaves.com. Um, and uh, those were you know, particular attention to uh, violations on hours of service rules that truckers may be you know, in, engaged in or, or, or lighting. But 
Um, and even though those were the focus, it was part of a, a broader 37-point uh, inspection. And so a lot of carriers choose to stay home during that period of time. Uh, they sort of say, well, it's not worth it you know, driving for those three days um, if I'm you know, going to get a, a violation and potentially get, get you know, an out-of-service of, of order. So there's a lot can go wrong if uh, inspector is inspecting your truck and uh, you know, log uh, device um, on a 37-point you know, inspection. Um, and so uh, really, I think that was a big driver of that last, you know, week over week increase. We'll see next week when the latest data comes out, if those uh, rates go back to where they were uh, the, the the week before. But one thing that gives us, you know, sort of comfort that, um, you know, maybe those are a little bit more temporary in nature is when we compare those uh, spot rates to our um, outbound tender uh, rejection index, which uh, there it is. So uh, the truck stop uh, rates for dry van, including fuel in blue, the van uh, tender rejection rate in green, those tend to, you know, tie very closely together. We think of, you know, tender rejections, you know, those, those rise in a, in a tight truck market, just as, just as rates do. We, th- we think they tend to lead the rates a little bit and, and usually they go right in the same direction. And in the past week, you know, we have, we see rates going up, we see tender rejections going down a little bit. And so the um, the other data basically doesn't really corroborate with the the rates the, the the spot rates you know rising and so you know we sort of come to the conclusion that you know we think maybe that spot rate is going is is, is going to be temporary and uh, come on back down uh, the next you know you know week or so so a little bit of of of, of good news there but would still think um, in general the 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 the, the truck rates are going to be you know elevated you know you think the, think of the the companies that move. Uh, um, loads on the spot market, they do tend to be a lot of smaller and mid-sized carriers, you know, carriers that um, you know, really sort of have that discretion. If you think of, a, of an owner operator, if he doesn't want to work, you know, for a few days, he doesn't have to work for a few days, but the companies that are moving, you know, a, more of the loads in the contract market, you know, do tend to be a lot of the bigger carriers. They tend to be a lot of the carriers that would be more likely uh, candidates for dedicated uh, service. Um and, uh, you know, those carriers, I think, are even less concerned about, uh, you know, getting, you know, violations because they wouldn't be close to an out-of-service, you, know, uh, you know, rule. And I think uh, it's safe to say that those, some of the larger carriers are the ones that have safer um, you know, driving records, tend to drive 60 miles an hour in the right lane, you know, have speed governors on their truck, have, you know, safety, you know, features like, you know, lane detection warnings, you know, things of, of, of that nature. And I think are less concerned about um, those, uh, um, you know, you know those, those inspections. And so I think that's why, you know, you can see the, the, ten, the tender rejection rate come down a little bit while the spot rates go up. I think, you know, over an extended period of time, those things should, should, should correlate, you know, very closely. So that's a bit of good news. I think uh, moving on, um, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening specifically to some of the CPG companies. And I think one of the more interesting things here is General Mills. You know, when you think when you hear General Mills, most people think of cereal, you know, Cheerios and, and, and the like. Um, they're expanding into pet food. Uh, they bought the pet treats unit from Tyson for $1.2 billion. And to uh, give you a sense for um, what that means, it's five times sales and it's uh, four times sales. If you back out a $225 million tax credit, back that out of the purchase price because General Mills is going to get that. So you can sort of see just from there, this is going to be more valuable to General Mills than it would be to Tyson. Tyson says 
pet foods now, you know, a core business for them. General Mills has been expanding into uh, pet food for the last few years. They bought that, um, you know, Blue Buffalo, you know, deal in, um, in, in 2018, which they've actually had a lot of success with that. It's, it's grown pretty nicely and, and become a really good brand for them. Um, so with the kind of an interesting you know, thing, I mean, it, it shows that, you know, sort of the valuations for pet food segments are higher, um, certainly than, uh, food for, you know, that the, the humans would, 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 uh, consume, um, you know, human, uh, food would, would be traditional food companies would, would trade more like three times sales versus the five and the four, you know, adjusted that this, that this deal, you know, was at, which I think makes sense because, uh, you know, pet food is, is growing faster. I mean, you see from their, you know, Nestle's results, uh, pet food was one of their fastest growing, you know, segments in the past uh, year, um, you know, grew about 9%. I mean, the overall pet food and treat segment uh, grew 9.7% in the last year. And um, you know, this particular segment that uh, General Mills, uh, you know, acquired, or I guess, I guess it was General Mills, you know, in, in general, is doing better than that with their, with their Blue Buffalo brand grew 13%. So a very hot uh, segment within um, you know, consumer products uh, uh, space, and including a lot of the, the fresh uh, in, you know, uh, uh, pet food and, and, and all those, uh, you know, things. So with that, I'll, I'll, uh, move on to next uh, topic here. I've got a couple more, um, in the last few minutes, uh, you know, Tyson is this, this sort of goes nicely into the discussion earlier. They said the employee ask absenteeism is 50% higher than it was before the pandemic. So just people not showing up to, um, you know, Tyson uh, facilities uh, to, to work. And they're saying that it takes six days for them to get done what they should be able to get done in in five days because of the lack of, of people. And, um, you know, it's pretty big, you know, pretty big deal there. Um, so they're raising prices. They, they wouldn't disclose how much, or ra- raising wages. They didn't disclose how much. I, I, you know, imagine that's because they raise them more for the, the people they, they really want to, to stay. Um, but here, you know, you see prices of chicken rising, you know, 8% in the second quarter. The you know, number of servings of chicken are up 14% at restaurants. Another interesting stat, it's because of this, uh, you know, chicken, you know, battle between the, um, the fast food restaurants and, and those things. So, so, so chicken is, 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 is surging, which, um, you know, that's, it's kind of, kind of interesting. You know, we'll see if that's just a, a fad. Um, and, and so, uh, you, know, you know, chicken's getting in you know, shorter supply is, is, is what I talked about, you know, last week. And, and part of that's because people are eating more chicken, but it's also because it's, it's giving a hard time producing the chicken. Uh, some of the, the plants that the Tyson had was, were hurt by the, the winter storms, um, you know, down in the, in, in the South, uh, area. Um, so, you know, continued, you know, issue there, um, with Tyson. The last topic I'm going to talk about in the last couple of minutes, I think it's just kind of a fun one to end the week on. Uh, Del Monte is launching a retail bubble tea product called Joyba, Joyba Bubble Tea. I think I said that right, Joyba Bubble Tea. So it's the first uh, launch of this type of product at retail and the second to include popping boba. So if you don't know what this is, it's just kind of a fun you know, drink. Very popular with Gen Z, um, you know, popular on the West Coast in a lot of the Asian uh, communities, and is kind of an alternative to, um, you know, going to Starbucks or going out for a drink. If you know, if you don't drink uh, or too young to drink, 
Um, it's just kind of a kind of a fun thing, but kind of interesting now that you know typically this is a product that you would buy at sort of a specialty you know boutique that's making its way to you know the the, the grocery you know aisles. Um, and I guess Del Monte has a product that you know doesn't need to be you know kept you know refrigerated. Maybe you can take it home and, and have it be refrigerated. But it'll be interesting to see if you know this makes its way into um you know in, in a bigger way and i think this you know creates a whole another sort of dimension in terms of supply chain and logistics because they have these these um you know bubbles that they call boba and and some of those things are actually imported there was a shortage of them because of of the issues at the west coast with with congestion so kind of an interesting uh thing that the um, you know, beverage industry could have a more logistical challenges because of this new potential product category. It could be, you know, the first of many, you know, introductions. So I thought that was interesting to, to add to add things on. And with that, uh, we're getting uh, close on on time. Um, but hope everyone has a great weekend. And feel free to reach reach out to me anytime at m at freightwaves.com. Um, just my m and then the last name there, which is on the screen. Um, but hope everyone has a great weekend.